Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Winged Social, the mini news. It's back by popular demand. Is it back by popular demand? I don't know. But here it is. We took some time off during the summer because why not? We deserve a break too. But now it is September of 2023. As you're listening to this, should be on Labor Day, I think September 4th of 2023. And we are back at it. When I am excited to introduce to you Sydney Hill, who is a social media manager here at Wingnut Social, who is joining us today to discuss content pillars. Hey, Sydney, how the hell are you? Yes. Hello, Darla. Good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to be back in the mini news chair, just for the jingle alone. I just, yes. you know, <laughs> I pay good money for that. Actually, I paid no money for no money for that at all. Um, so yeah, so we're talking about content pillars in how they affect your social media marketing, your strategy for your social media marketing for your interior design firm. What the hell are content pillars? So content pillars are the main themes or topics that kind of form the foundation of your content and the content that you're producing um, to your audience. So they're a great way to really define your business and let your audience know what really does make you stand out from the crowd and what does separate you from other designers and to make sure you're just really connecting with them. So why are they pillars? Why why can't we just go ahead and just say, oh, I'm posting this, I'm posting that? Why are they even in the structure of a content pillar? You know what I'm saying? How does that fall into the whole strategy mindset or process? Yeah, that's a great question, Darla. We want to make sure that we're always looking at our content from a strategic standpoint, as well as that more creative standpoint. So we want to make sure that we're really dividing our content up into different categories to make sure we're always hitting the mark on the things that we know that work and the kind of concepts that our audience wants to see. Okay, so that makes sense. So I know that when we create strategies here at Wingnut Social for our clients, we want to make sure that we're in alignment with the messaging of the brand, the value proposition of the brand. What is it about the interior design firm or the business that we're doing social media for that's going to make a follower or a potential client invested in the content that they're putting out, right? And you want to be consistent with that. So having these content pillars as part of the strategy helps you to rotate those ideas out, stay in alignment with the brand and stay on track for that. So you're not just going willy nilly off the rails. Am I correct? Am I half correct? You are spot on, Darla. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Yay. I love it. Can you give us some examples of types of content pillars that interior designers might consider using? Yeah, so I'm going to start off with my favorite content pillar, which is kind of the design inspiration content pillar. So I like to tell our clients to think about what really does inspire their creations and their designs. Is it travel or is it design? Maybe it's something from your childhood. What does really drive those designs and your creative process? And I like to make that into a whole content pillar actually itself. It's a really great way to connect with the audience and share kind of your insights and what makes you special. I love that. So why did you style a room or or design a room in this way? What was your inspiration or your your launch point for that? drives you as a creator, as an artist. I love that. That's that's really is a terrific differentiator because as we know, as creators, designers, artists, no two are exactly alike, right? That's a terrific way to show your differentiator. What's another one? 
Yeah, so another one is lifestyle. Um, we see this mm. a lot with designers' accounts is they're doing great with showcasing their design work, but they're really not able to connect with their audience. And this is often due to their lack of lifestyle content. Mm. This doesn't have to be often. This can be a lower percentile um, content pillar, but really showcasing some bit of your lifestyle and some bit of your personality is a great way to further connect with your audience. This can be kind of your hobbies or just you around town, you with your family, anything like that. It's a really great way to connect with people. I, I love this pillar, Sydney. This is one of my favorite pillars. And this is a terrific way for an interior designer to break out and broaden their reach and awareness and to show more of their soul and their personality and attract their ideal clients. Uh, sometimes we get pushback from designers or even listeners who are like, nobody cares about my lifestyle or the day-to-day -day or things I'm doing. Why should I even bother <laughs> to do that? What do you tell clients or designers who come to you with this kind of you know, why? Why do I want to show myself strolling down, you know, an aisle in yes. Italy here? <laughs> yeah, that definitely is a really common concern. And I can totally yeah. see where that comes from. But I would ask that person to think about themselves in the consumer's shoes and think about how personal this design journey is and how personal it is to bring in a designer to your home to spend all this money on creating your home and your life. And you really do need to be able to connect with the designer in some standard and really need to be able to see what they do in their free time and just who they are as a person. I think it's really an overlooked pillar, but it's so important. It, it really is. And it is a it is a total game changer because it includes a couple of the things that I really love. And that's showing your face, showing yourself, getting in front of getting in front of your audience, your potential client. And just even just those little idiosyncrasies that someone can just say, I do that. That's me. Or she's just like me or he's just like me. And that instant connection is there. You, you build that know, like and trust. Another content pillar that you have here, which I love as well. I love all these really yes. is the <laughs> educational pillar. What is that about? Yeah, so the educational pillar really allows you to position yourself as an industry expert and a thoughtful leader. It really will set you apart if you have that kind of background in education. It doesn't even have to be design education. We have some clients who are maybe a CPA or they have a business background. Anything like that is really great to position yourself as someone who knows their stuff, who is a leader in the industry. Um, any credentials like that, is, I think it's really important to showcase and let people know where your training comes from. Yeah, and you'd be surprised how being a CPA or a past marketer or even in law enforcement, how that can translate to the quality and service you can offer in the interior design side. It was recently pointed out to me that, oh, you were a cop, so you dealt well under pressure in organi mm -hmm. organizing everything for your interior design side. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't even really think of that. So everybody brings in strengths from past careers or other certificates or educational experience there that you can offer. You don't have to really think inside the box and have it just be interior design. It's yeah. something you can share with your audience and another relatable point. I love it. Totally. One little aspect too I'd like to bring up about this content sure. pillar is a great way to pose or create this type of content is maybe asking a question to your audience and then giving them the answer. So maybe saying, do you find yourself struggling to set a dinner table for hosting an event with friends? And then kind of lay out some different tips that you have for them. I think posing a question and then answering it too with kind of those more educationally backed um, facts is a really great way to position that one. Yeah, that's a really terrific example for the design educational portion of that. I love it. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, this is the most obvious, <laughs> right, yeah. is hello, project work. 
This seems kind of obvious, but tell us about your experience with this. Yes. So project work is obviously kind of a given in the design space, but there's some really cool ways to go about this content pillar that I think are often overlooked, um, showcasing before and after. So making sure that when you're on site, when you're on a construction site, no matter how dirty it looks or how kind of uninterested you think your audience may be with the current state of the project, capturing just little pictures on your phone is a great way to kind of go about this content pillar and then showcasing those next to the fully completed design. Um, Little things like that are a great way to really leverage your work and bring an interesting kind of unique um, style to this content pillar. Yeah, I love thinking about your project work in a more 3D, three-dimensional aspect of the storytelling piece of it. It was here's the space and the problem and here's how I solved it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Size baby. Okay, so we have all of our content pillars. And this is just one example of content pillars. Another client could have different content pillars, right? It's very strategy specific for each client. But this is a pretty general kind of idea of content pillars for the interior design industry in general, right? Would you would you agree? Oh, totally. Okay, so why we have these pillars, right? So they have to hold up the building. So let's talk a little bit about the mix of them, the percentage of mix, how you weave these into a strategy so you're not just throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah, great question. So to create these content pillars, I like to first kind of look at the overarching themes of your brand and really do a deep dive into yourself and your brand positioning and what makes up your brand, what makes you you and what makes you different from all these other designers. Also, when you're doing this, it's really important to keep in mind your target audience and your ideal clientele. So get in their shoes. What are they looking for when searching for a designer? What type of work do they want to see? What type of hobbies do they want to see that you do and how would they connect with you? Um, I think that's a really important part. And if you do have previous work posted on social platforms, I always advise to go look at the analytics of those posts and see which ones are really resonating with your audience most. Um, You can do this really simply by just looking at Instagram analytics um, on the post itself and just seeing kind of what trends are happening on your page. Are there any types of posts that are really connecting and really resonating the most with your consumers? Um, And then from there, just take all of that information and plan out the percentages of your Instagram pillars. I like to break it down in percentages. I think it's just kind of the easiest, most Mm -hmm. user-friendly way to go about this. Um, So design work, maybe you want to have that the 50 percentile. Um, You have a lot of design work, you have a lot of experience. Maybe that's a great way to hit the one to two weeks, the 50% of your content. And then maybe if you're just starting out in design and you don't have as much previous work and you really do want to showcase kind of other parts of your business because you're not as established, maybe go for 30% for design work. It's all about just defining your business and what is really going to connect and resonate the most with your clients and your ideal clientele. So taking the pillars that you have here, like lifestyle, educational, design inspo, project work, maybe I'm a senior designer and I'm I'm projecting out my, just making sure I understand correctly, I'm projecting out my content. So I'm putting, I'm plugging in 40 or 50% of design work, befores and afters, all that. So, okay, what else? Uh, This is what's inspired me, 25%. Educational Mm -hmm. tips and stuff, you know what, 15%. And my math might not add up here. Lifestyle, 10%. I'm new, I'm a little shy. Let me me get my feet wet in here. I don't know if that math added up. It may have, it may have not. And then see how it works for you. See, check out the analytics, see if that's working. Maybe the lifestyle's hitting harder. Maybe you're Mm -hmm. getting more people interested in you as a designer. You're like, you know what? Maybe that's 25%. Educational, maybe maybe design inspo is a little lower there. You know, maybe people are more interested in, you know, it it depends on, like you said, 
who your ideal client is, put yourself in their shoes. What do you think would interest them in you and your business and the design work that you can do for them? Yes. Right. Definitely. Because they are thinking, they, they are thinking, what can they do for me? Mm -hmm. Sydney, is there anything that we've forgotten to add here before we, uh, we call it a day? Uh, just one little tip I have to throw in there is cross-pollination. With cross-pollination with these content pillars is key, I think, too. So like you were kind of saying, the math doesn't have to add up because some of these content pillars can overlap. So maybe you have an original design work, but you want to kind of talk about the story of that design. How did you come up with the maybe wallpaper and the textiles together? Stuff like that. Um, I think it's a really great way to combine these pillars. I love it. Sydney Hill, you have knocked out your first mini news. You've knocked it out of the park. Terrific, terrific job. We're so happy to have you here at Wingnut. Thank you so much for these tips. And we'll see you at work. Thank you so much, Darla. All right, guys, that's it for this week's mini news sesh. Thank you for your patience. And I'm glad that we're back. I hope that you're glad as well. Remember to check us out on Designed by Wingnut Social on our YouTube channel so you can see us in all of our animated three-dimensional, I guess it's two-dimensional, the three-dimensional, two-dimensional glory <laughs> designed by Wingnut Social. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. If you're so inclined, we'd really appreciate it. It helps folks to find the show and helps us out. And remember, if you need help with marketing for your interior design firm, wingnutsocial.com. That's it for this mini news. Yes. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable, be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Good boy, Mango.